0: Ah,
1: happy Being Alive Day, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. It's a thirsty Thursday. We'll get to the toasts coming up here later on of the show. Our toast will come up in the fourth hour. We'll take your toasts earlier than that. In 20 minutes, we've moved Decade of DA into this slot this hour, best known as Emergency Pop-Tart Time. Also stunned to a news and if you're a round ball rock fan, you might be pleased with some news about the NBA, but I wanted to start this hour with the Patriots because they just extended Devante Parker yesterday for three years at $33 million with 14 guaranteed. Now, on the one hand, you'll say, well, that's not that much money, so is that really news, DA? Devontae Parker is a middle-of-the-road wide receiver. He gets $33 bucks. Yawn. Except it doesn't make sense for two reasons. Number one, Devontae Parker wasn't all that productive last year. He averaged 2.4 catches per game and 41 yards. He played 13 games for them. He averaged 41 yards per game. And so is there a need to lock up a 30-year-old wide receiver for three more years and give him any more guaranteed money when he's that, when he's producing that little? I would think not. Now, if this was a rookie and you thought that, okay, he can keep ascending – if he was a second year guy, but Devontae Parker has been around the league quite a bit. You kind of know what you know, you know what you have in him. And the idea that you couldn't find a replacement for cheaper than extending Devontae Parker is kind of silly to me that you don't really need to do it. Number two, financially, he was on his final year of his deal. Wouldn't you rather see what Devontae Parker was at 30 years old? I mean, to me, this is the perfect storm where you're the Patriots and go, okay, We got a glimpse of you last year. The offense wasn't good last year. Maybe some of that had to do, maybe a lot of that had to do with the offensive coordinator, Matt Patricia, and Joe Judge. And now we've cleaned that up. Bill O'Brien is here. Maybe we have a better Mac Jones. But let's see. We've got one more year of you under contract. We can definitely see it out and then decide to re-up you after the season or at 31 when the season ends. He'll be 31 in January. We can move on. So the timing, to me, doesn't really make sense. But secondly, it speaks to a desperation that the Patriots consistently have of finding wide receivers. They have drafted wide receivers poorly. They have assessed in free agency wide receivers poorly. And DeAndre Hopkins was connected to them but this would suggest that they don't need the money to sign DeAndre Hopkins, that he's not coming. And so I think if you're a Patriots fan, this is an annoyance on two levels. Number one, let him prove he's worth the money this year before you give it to him. Number two, it it yells, we can't find good wide receivers, so even if you're mediocre, we got to lock you down. Neither one of those is a good thing. And I don't think there's any doubt that Bill Belichick has always been a good head coach. Whether he's the greatest coach of all time, I would take umbrage with. But he's clearly one of the best coaches from a football standpoint. And I will always say, if you just simply think the Patriots' success resides only with Tom Brady, that's wrong. Because Belichick designed two of the greatest defensive Super Bowl game plans ever. Super Bowl 25 with the Giants against the K Gun Bills in 90, and Super Bowl 36 against the greatest show on turf and the Rams in 01. Both of those were defensive gems from the mind of Bill Belichick. So I am not here to say that this is only Tom Brady's success in New England. I would say, though, that currently we're seeing some poor coaching and decision making from Bill, but either way, He's a very good coach, X's and O's wise. Usually gets the most out of the roster that he has. However, he is severely limited from a personnel and GM standpoint. And this is another example why. This is a Patriots team that has been, I think, slipshod in how it's been built the last couple of years. And we saw this at the tail end of Brady's run, and we've seen this in the years since Brady left. The drafting has been iffy. The free agent splashes have been iffy. The combination of young and old has been iffy. And important parts of the team have been iffy. And then add that to coaching decisions where Matt Patricia shouldn't be an offensive coordinator and Joe Judge shouldn't shouldn't be a quarterback's coach. And Rat Kid Belichick shouldn't be the defensive coordinator. Those are all a series of poor decisions made by Bill. So this one is not going to sink the franchise, but it is indicative of a dire spot the franchise is in. And I don't think you have to stretch to say they're the worst team in the division. So the Patriots have gone from every year we dominate the AFC East, have a home playoff game, usually a bye, to definitely the fourth best team at a four-team AFC East, that happens, A, because the greatest quarterback ever leaves, but B, because it's been a lot of, a lot of labor to try, I think, to, to overcome some bad decisions that Bill has made, and I would consider this to be one of those questionable decisions. Why do you need to give a 30-year-old wide receiver who's middle-of-the-road at best $33 bucks, when you can definitely draft... Most front offices, somebody the equivalent of Devontae Parker, basically every year. I want to go back to the Travis Kelsey thing. Boyle, you were nodding your head as I talked about how I don't think his estimate is far off. Now he has a fifty to eighty percent estimation on players using some cannabis product. Half the t- half the league, or eighty percent of the league, is a big is a big swath to cover. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if it's seventy five percent because. These guys are going through so much physical pain that they've got to try to to calm down to soothe and I think they're becoming more and more aware every year of the danger of the addictiveness of pain medication and so also the legalization has opened up a lot of people's minds about CBD and edibles and marijuana use etc so I don't this estimation Certainly if it's 50, I think it's definitely 50. If it's 80, it feels a little high to me. Where do you think, though, Kelsey's estimation is?
2: I I wouldn't be surprised if it's 70. 70 percent of a league with, you know what, 50 guys times uh, 30 teams, 1,500 players, 1,000 players minimum. Yep. I mean, if not for just guys that had smoked weed before that, again, you mentioned you get addicted to uh, oxycodone, Vicodin, any other kind of pain medication. That that's a very slippery path, man. And that's you know, we're I, we're not in the 1960s anymore where it's like, oh, weed is weed is bad. Okay. I mean, so, even
1: more recently than that, this yeah. is really a much more recent evolution yeah, of the I mean, country. Maybe the last 10 years.
2: Yeah, you know, Josh Gordon smoked and crawled so everybody else could run. <laughs> <laughs> now, gr- now, granted, you can get addicted to weed just like you can get addicted to anything else. But if you use it for muscle relief, which is literally what it you know naturally does, in- inflammation relief, muscle ache relief, helps some guys sleep, helps some guys with anxiety. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if 70% of the league uses cannabis or CBD. CBD for sure, cannabis in some form. It's way, it's such... It's such
1: a positive evolution of the league and the players of understanding how to keep their body in some type of stability without having to go down the road of pharmaceuticals that a lot of these guys are doing it. And, I mean, at the Super Bowl when we used to go or, you know, when we have players that come through here, former players invest in CBD companies all the time. A lot of them do, and a lot of them because they they come out of the league, they come out of their career, and they've got a lot of joint pain, former bone injuries, skeletal issues, headaches, anxiety, trouble sleeping, etc. They know the value of CBD. There is a reason why CBD companies are consistently funded by former football players. Th- those guys all use them, and I think use them for a lot of the right
2: reasons. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, just think about the game. You've got some of the be- the world's best athletes that are basically like muscle cars going full speed, crash collisions into each other. I know that the NFL has reduced a lot of, you know, it's not like it was in the '90s, but it's still guys going full speed collisions, play after play after play every week, to the point where. You know, the entire week then leading up to a game is basically just not going through the motions, but making sure you have all the playbook and the game plan, but just recovering six days of recovery, essentially. And God forbid you're on a short week playing on a Thursday. That's why these guys hate it so much, because it takes them two, three, four solid days just to recover from all the damage they take every Sunday.
1: I'm so happy to see that players would prefer to use cannabis products versus the pain medication.
3: And I'm pretty sure I read yesterday because the NBA's new CBA is now official, signed, and in place. So now we can see it. And I, I'm pretty sure I saw yesterday that they're not even testing for marijuana at all anymore. Really? It's just off the list of things of banned substances. Really? NFL has always been, as, as Kelsey pointed out, if you tested positive for weed in the NFL, you were a dope
1: because everyone you... knows when the testing starts. Exactly.
3: So you there was this was easy to get around. Now the NBA is just like, never mind. Because I mean, how can you, because it's legal in however many states now, right? How can you actually outlaw it yourself?
1: It's a good point. Since it's so since it's legalized so many places, should it even really be a banned substance anymore? I mean, not it's not legal in every state. Right. But should a company that has outlets all over the place, not a company that's based in Indiana, if the Indiana law is a certain way, it's a, it's a company that's based in 30 different cities or 29 different, 28 different cities, I suppose. Should it even be a banned substance? I don't know.
2: Probably not. Sean said yes. I think it does. Why?
4: Why? Uh, just for speaking, I think eventually it shouldn't be, but we still haven't regulated enough of like how to control people who are driving while smoking. I mean, we've all been on the highways and stuff like this. It is still a brain altering thing that I agree has benefits and I don't think it should be like criminalized or illegal necessarily, but as far as like limiting certain aspects until we figure out. You know, people shouldn't be driving also, but like certain stuff like that, I think we still need these other motives with jobs that, you know, kind of limit the amount of like feeling the freedom of using But
1: it. how different is it from booze? We don't test for if you were drunk last night, and of course that alters your brain when you drive.
4: Well no, but that but that's the difference though. You could get pulled over for a D we do a breathalyzer and all of that, uh, and go to jail and you shouldn't be doing that who's getting pulled over driving while smoking high on weed like we still haven't figured out that part of it like how much the brain alters you do that so if we're going to decriminal that's all fine somewhere along the line there needs to be some kind of deterrent until we figure that part out and if that falls in the workplace then to me like it's not perfect but it's fine
1: but if it's legalized in states they feel in those states like they do have some type of grasp on it how can the NBA or the NFL say no it's still banned here?
4: Because I think they're fearful of exactly that, exactly that. If it's not banned and they open up the free for all on it and a player goes 100 miles an hour high on weed on something, then the NFL or NBA is going to have major egg on its face. So you have to, like a major and going, well you guys opened up the, you know, the wounds, uh, you know, the the gates on this. Like there's certain like there's some bad things that can happen when your brain is altered and I think the NBA while booze the police work and take care of it there's nothing there fixing that with weed
1: i just don't see how you can draw a line in between alcohol and marijuana when when a when a wide receiver gets smashed and he's got a, a 0.25 or huggins gets smashed on beer and he's yeah. beyond the wheel of a car and he gets into trouble, nobody goes, I well, can't believe you're letting people drink in your league. No,
4: no, because that, again, we know that that's technically illegal from a, like a driving bad situation where you could put the onus on the player, the coach, that they should know better. We don't know better right now with with weed and cannabis in certain aspects of that. So if the league opens up that, then it's like you had no control of your players in that. It's not perfect by any means. I'm not trying to act like the league should be responsible for that. But there should be some kind of deterrent until we figure that part out. But wait, what what
3: don't we know? Right. It it is illegal to drive high. Uh, Like you can, if you cause an accident and you fail a drug test, it's a... Driving,
4: yeah, I understand it's driving under the... I mean, do you see the, the high rate of arrests on that? Like nobody's cracking down on that. You driven down a highway anytime lately? All you do is smell weed now. People are going to eventually get killed by the like mass legalization of this, and then it's going to take okay really. I don't understand.
1: How is this different than drinking? If you go down the road, nobody smells the booze on your breath or gives you an automatic breathalyzer when you go through a stoplight, you have to swerve and weave and people identify or cops identify, hey, you look like you're driving impaired, so they pull you over. Same thing as weed. How how are those two things different?
4: I mean, again, I, I kind of feel like alcohol is probably a little worse where it's, like, more noticeable under that. I, it just feels like everybody feels like they're okay to drive on wheat. This like is that, a
2: boomer take from Sean, I got. I know. I
4: know, I know. I hate that I have it. Believe me, I hate that I have this take, but I really, I don't know. I just feel very unsafe on the roads lately about this where it feels like no, like it's so laxed, like it's beyond laxed on thinking it doesn't. How many people smoke weed and go, it doesn't really affect you, I'm fine. Like, I don't, I almost, don't
1: blame we, you for feeling uncomfortable around people smoking and driving. I, I don't think that that take is well, crazy at all. I'm just saying there's just no way to draw a line between the, the people that drink and drive versus the people that smoke and drive. I
3: also don't think it's the NFL's fault. Like We don't blame them for players drinking and driving. I, know, I don't I, think that you draw the connection back from I, the problem to them legal. You know, taking it off their banned substance list.
4: Admittedly, I'm having a hard time explaining what I mean in my head but i guess like my point is i i know that that kind of stuff shouldn't be done and it gets taken care of i don't trust that like across the country we're doing a good enough job doing that same thing with like weed smoking and driving under the influence and i think that if an athlete gets into a really bad wreck as a result right after you know we've kind of opened up the floodgates on saying it's okay for by the league standpoint it's going to make the league look worse than it would on alcohol where that just makes the player or coach look worse
1: what do you think about Kelsey's estimate, fifty to eighty percent?
4: Yeah, I, I mean, eighty percent is probably higher, but higher than I would think. But yeah, I'm assuming. I mean, a lot of these guys are young guys, and cannabis isn't just about smoking weed anymore, right? I mean, it, it's totally. there's oils, there's you know, there's vapes, and there's gummies, so that probably is accurate. Now, how many use it every day? I mean, it's different. A guy could do it four times a year watching a movie. It's different.
1: Are movies better?
4: Movies are definitely better.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we need we need the discussion around marijuana to continue to evolutionize, evolve, evolve, yeah, so that we can have a smoking weed, spreading seed, and winning bet segment.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> In the
0: okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic. And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: Call from mom.
0: Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between
1: you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
0: January 2nd 2013 a new sports radio network launched CBS in the 10 year since we've undermined the sterling reputation of CBS Sports on a daily basis here's another moment from the decade of DA well with Mraz
1: departing the DA show at the end of July we decided to dial into some of his finer moments and from, again, the overnight days, Baraz uncovered this gem that to restart his beating heart, he went with an emergency Pop-Tart. And it sounded like you were going to collapse. What happened? I was borderline have to call the
4: hospital. I couldn't breathe. I had indigestion, as Kenny calls it, for the first time in my life. As Kenny calls it? what What is that, some foreign concept to you? <laughs> I had never heard of the word before tonight. You've never heard of indigestion? No, but now it's pretty common over the last two hours.
1: <laughs> and what do you think it was? What'd I, you
4: eat? I had a little chicken and broccoli with some pork fried rice. But I think the problem was I ate it very fast because I was hungry. I wolfed it down. But the key is, what did you try to wash it down with? Well, once I felt, I almost thought maybe I was a little too hungry. I washed it down with a strawberry pop tart.
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, people might think this is radio shtick. It is not radio shtick. This is real. This is Miraz's This is reality diet. radio. That's it. I just want to ask Miraz if you're having heart palpitations, indigestion. You feel it's coming up after eating chicken and broccoli, pork fried rice, and other Chinese food. Who on earth believes the best remedy would be eating a strawberry Pop-Tart to wash it down?
4: Well, I mean, it really comes down to this, DA. Sometimes when you eat Chinese food, you get like a a hurtful feeling in your stomach where you feel like you're hungry again a couple minutes after. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. you
1: think that this is just
4: Chinese food for you? Yeah, it's something with the Chinese food. So I thought I was having that, but it was like a little more to it. And I said, you know what? something isn't feeling right. Maybe it's all that salt. I just felt like maybe I went through my bag of tricks I have here. There was a bag of Pop-Tarts. <laughs> I said, let me just get a Pop-Tart down. Maybe that'll. Maybe it's a hunger pain and I won't <laughs> add the salt to it. But adding that
1: to that, really, it was awful. You're kidding. Adding a strawberry iced Pop-Tart to a Chinese food laden indigestion made it feel worse? Yes, it made it feel worse. I thought this would solve the, maybe it was just
4: a hunger pain. I thought that was going to solve it. First of all, first of all, first of all, you just
1: (laughs) ate a meal. You don't get hunger pains after eating a meal. Hunger pains, by definition, is a pain in your stomach from not eating, Merez.
4: Well, no. I I think with Chinese food, though, there's something about the Chinese food that you're hungry a little while after
1: eating it. Okay. So, you thought you would counteract being hungry after a meal with a Pop-Tart. Yes, I mean that was just
3: the what I had You do go, it is well known with Chinese food You do go from full to starving and back to full in a very short amount of time <laughs> right. But the, the fixing of the full and the starving is done with the Chinese food It's not taking a completely different thing like a Pop-Tart and then
1: digesting that Oh, man. We just passed the 10-year mark on that clip. That was June the 23rd of 2013. June the 23rd. That's when we really knew we had magic in the air around here when Merez, his solution to the, quote, hurtful feeling was emergency pop-tart.
6: How long into your relationship was that? That's very early. Six months. Yeah, so you could still hear the feeling out process. Yeah. And I can hear you just like, oh, I can't believe what this guy's I saying. Can't right this is yeah. I can't believe this man is real.
1: I can't believe this human being is real. Some might have
3: thought you made a mistake, but you went, no, no, no. We have struck gold. <laughs> I thought,
1: look at what we have to mine every yeah. single night on the radio. <laughs> and it is amazing to me, at that point, 2013, how old were you, Mirage, in your mid-20s? <laughs> um, am I
4: 35 or 36 now?
1: So exactly. It's a question for you. 36.
4: Yeah. So I was 26. 26
1: 26 years old i can't believe you had never heard the phrase indigestion <laughs> at the age of 26
4: to be honest i don't think i've still heard the term indigestion instead except for when anybody brings up this clip nobody ever gets it you've <laughs> never seen a pepto bismol yeah. commercial yeah. yeah but that's that's in no it's the same thing it's indigestion yeah you're right okay no what you're right you i think they pepto. were saying
6: in that commercial
4: Indiscretion, yeah. I think. But now that I was going to sing the song, you're right. It's in the damn it.
6: Can we sing
1: the song?
4: When you have heartburn, nausea, indigestion.
2: Diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> he skipped upset stomach.
1: Oh. You gotta hit the high note of diarrhea. <laughs> diarrhea!
3: diarrhea. And up until now,
1: you thought they just like threw adultery in the middle of
3: the string of evidence? <laughs>
5: Poor decision-making! Yeah,
4: Yeah, nausea. Are you pooping a lot or making terrible choices? Drink this
3: pink liquid. It helps both. (laughs) Which takes me back to my original thought on this, DA. (laughs) There are... there's so many
1: examples. Heartburn
4: burner phones
1: indiscretion.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Heartburn late night at the hotel indiscretion. <laughs> <laughs>
6: oh. You Did you nausea. slide into the wrong DM?
2: <laughs> naja, heartburn, yeah. misdirection.
6: <laughs> There's a porn star trying to extort you for money. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Pepto-Bismol>.
6: <laughs>
3: but if you're looking for a moment to truly define Sean, this has to be on the short list. <laughs> because, as we just found out again, he knows nothing. Like... You don't. I say this as nicely as possible. You know, no, you knew nothing about that situation. No, no. What hunger pains were? What indigestion was? What indiscretion no, was? Right. There's no actual information in no, there. No. Aside no. from your completely wrong thoughts, and the capper is, you have a quote emergency pop tart. Hold on. Hold on.
1: You're not.
4: Hold on. This is, again, like the Jacksonville thing. You're taking things out of context. Here's what I did know at a young 26. (laughs) I knew that sometimes when you eat Chinese food, you might have had enough that feels filling, but you get extremely hungry a half an hour later, unlike other foods. So I was prepared for that. And we were eating a lot of late night Chinese in those overnight days and we were trying to figure out our bodies. We didn't understand our bodies back then. We were
1: thirteen year old girls. We were trying to figure out our bodies. We
4: were What time you wake up? Do you eat breakfast when you wake up? Do you eat like lunch dinner when you wake up? Like things were screwed up back then. And then I didn't know how hungry I would be still in the early months of (laughs) overnights. Again, I was usually sleeping during that time. So I would pack emergency stuff in case I got starving. And what felt like a healthy alternative to that emergency (laughs) stuff was strawberry pop tarts. Okay, gave you some of that fruit flavor and all of that stuff. It was before I started buying bananas and oranges. Yes, totally real know. fruit. I was misled on nutrition. So I had Pop-Tarts. I had, like, fruit snacks. Uh, and I had, like, extra cans of Snapple. And that would be, like, what I would bring in reserve in case I needed to get hungry. And in that spot, I had already spent a lot of money on Chinese food. Wasn't making a lot of money that first year. And I just I felt like I'm not going to spend more money on more Chinese food. So I'm going to have a Pop-Tart here because I'm starving. I didn't know the indigestion thing. <laughs>
1: When you described it in that clip as that hurtful feeling, it's almost like an alien getting placed into a human body and trying to describe how it feels.
4: It's this hurtful feeling. It was just, I felt like I was having a heart attack.
6: Yeah. The Chinese food insulted (laughs) you and it hurt your feelings. (laughs) A heart attack,
1: though, is a lot different than how we normally all feel after Chinese food. Again, at 26,
4: I didn't know basically the difference between my heart and stomach in terms of where I was feeling feels from.
1: And...
3: (laughs) Your thought was, I should knock off this pain with a Pop-Tart. <laughs> and it Again, was coming from your heart?
4: Well, because now I know it was like, oh, maybe it wasn't my heart, because indigestion's not a heart problem, right?
1: Well, you're going to have heartburn, and right. that's, that's acid reflux that comes yeah. up, and, and but that it, can be part it, of indigestion.
4: It felt like I wasn't hungry, but it was the closest thing I could compare it to. So in my mind, body's being weird, I'm not sleeping right, I'm starving. Chinese food, that must be it. Go to the Pop-Tart now.
2: I don't blame Sean for trying to problem-solve on the go. It's just the real issue lies with the fact that he had no idea what indigestion was. Or that apparently he has still never heard indigestion other than this clip. It doesn't come up months, much. I would
3: think you guys cornered the market on indigestion and indiscretion at Bob's Bar, <laughs> with the, but, the the crew that hangs out there and the drinking and eating you do, you should have all the Bogues, Pepto-Bismol.
4: Bogues, you're around a lot of Little League dads. How many conversations about indigestion do you have? It's just not something that comes up anymore.
3: I think as it's you get very, older, it happens old a lot school. more frequently than you think. Yeah. I and mean, also, your dad, your grandparents, that old uncle, <laughs> Aunt Dottie, whatever her name is, I'm sure she had some indigestion when those fish lost their life.
1: And beyond that, it's just, Mraz has eaten so many wild combinations (laughs) of so many different cuisines. I'm
4: not smoking Gator Tail here. I mean, what, what, I've had some chicken over the years?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the extent of your experimental eating chicken (laughs) over the years. A couple of boiled chicken breasts with nothing on them. Just if you followed the football food of the week every week and had it, you would naturally have indigestion. You have certainly had a lot of... Interesting plumbing issues over the years due to your diet and the idea that you didn't ever know indigestion. is like you must have dealt with indigestion since the time you were eight years old.
4: I mean, perhaps, but maybe that to me, that was just what normal life felt like. <laughs> that is and true. Then, and then this was just an extreme case and I had never experienced that before.
6: His I don't know. His entire childhood, Nancy would go, Sean, do you have a tummy ache again? Yeah, mommy, I have that hurtful feeling I in mean, my tum tum.
4: With all due respect, they were allowing me to supersize foods at seven years old at McDonald's. So, as Bob was telling me, never give a 20 back to the school principal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the foundational principles from Bob and Nancy are just amazing. Yeah. Amazing. All right, that is the decade of DA. It is time now for headlines with Greg Caserta. And now for our top story. Two time Super Bowl champion and
6: noted rock contour Travis Kelsey estimates that anywhere from 50 to 80 percent of NFL players use cannabis. I repeat, 50 to 80 percent of NFL players use cannabis. That's weed, as the kids like to call it. Mm-hmm. I was just at one of those Dave Matthews band shows, and you should see what those dirty hippies do when they're there. <laughs> Kelsey said that under the league's more lenient drug testing policy, it's easy for players to use in the offseason and stop before testing begins right before training camp. Another sign of Bill Belichick needing to be moved into a home like Grandpa Frank. <laughs> the Patriots gave vaunted receiver Devontae Parker a three-year deal worth up to $33 million, which should help out Mac Jones for Parker's 72 catches for over 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns with the Dolphins Back in two thousand nineteen. Exactly. The league is also coming down hard on players who are caught gambling. I had to look this up. I'm like, when's the last time Devontae hey. Parker had a thousand yards? Four years ago. Under forty catches the last two years back to back.
4: I honestly would have guessed he might have been in the XFL when I saw this contract last night.
1: I knew that Devontae Parker they added last year, but I'm like, why would you give him thirty three million bucks? What has he
6: done recently? Nothing. You're telling me you couldn't have gotten DeAndre Hopkins for similar money?
1: Well, maybe DeAndre didn't want to play in an right. offense that's been that garbage, but you can't draft the next Devontae mm-hmm. Parker with a fourth-round no. pick and pay him no. nothing?
4: No, because Bill Belichick's had 15 years to draft the receiver. Right. Hasn't been able to but that's kind a
1: of the big, bit, right? That you yeah. have to spend that much money for freaking Devontae Parker because you can't even figure that out.
4: Ah, Lombardi would have nailed the receiver by now.
1: That's right. <laughs> The league is also
6: coming down hard on players who were caught gambling, which is the right thing when sports books open inside of stadiums and arenas all over the country. (laughs) Players like Colts Corner and return specialist Isaiah Rodgers are expected to be suspended for the entire season, although right now Rodgers is the only named player in yesterday's report from Adam Schefter and Pete Rose. Rodgers first popped up on the NFL's radar earlier this month when reports surfaced. I gave Joe
1: DiMaggio a
6: shower. (laughs) I love that clip
1: what's the famous quip from that where he, he said, said that
6: i think i think i could say this dimaggio was a man or was a penis with a man hanging off of him or something like that <laughs> <laughs>
1: i think that's the line
4: pete's not here so you could definitely say I yeah think that was the line yeah. <laughs> i gave
1: you a shower and it's amazing because i think he told stern this or something i think he Pete Rose? Um,
6: I think it was the Opie and Jim Norton show.
1: Oh, okay. So he yeah. told another radio show that yeah. he knew that Joe DiMaggio was well-endowed. And so then we had Pete Rose on like the next day. I don't know what he was promoting. And so I said, hey, Pete, <laughs> I heard this clip. Can you tell me more about it? And he went into the same exact story yeah. and told it even more graphically. Here. Detail by detail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he loves telling the story about yeah. giving Joe DiMaggio a shower and they were on some it was like a USO tour. It was a tour. USO tour. Yes, yeah, so it was during the yeah. Vietnam War USO tour. Shower. And there was an outdoor shower, and he gave Joe DiMaggio a shower. He had to <laughs> drop the buckets of water over yep. DiMaggio. <laughs> yeah, that's right. As DiMaggio's Louisville
4: slugger hanged
1: out. <laughs> like, yeah, he's the hit king, but really, that's his claim to fame. Right. He, yeah. he has that story in his back pocket.
4: 56 games with his tree trunk. <laughs>
1: Even more impressive. (laughs) Kids on a roll. It could reach his back pocket. (laughs) Oh
6: jeez. Isaiah Rogers first popped up on the NFL's radar (laughs) earlier this month. Did you just get that (laughs) DI?
1: I gave (laughs) Joe (laughs) Debash
6: the show.
3: And I love that he's Casey Casey. I was just going to say, <laughs> once again, we have faded into a different oh, impersonation.
1: Casey and now. I told you. <laughs> Dick Vermeil is Casey Casey <laughs> as Pete Rose. Old guys get the same voice. Yeah. <laughs> I gave Joe DiMaggio a shower. <laughs> That's a long-distance dedication. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your feet on the ground, reach for the stars, and give... The 56-game hitting Street king a shower. <laughs> this is Oingo Boingo. Oh man! Look at the
2: size of that thing.
1: <laughs> this goes out to Joe in New York. And he writes, "I had my good friend Pete give me a shower on a USO tour." <laughs> He was looking <laughs> He was looking down beneath the towel for longer than I liked.
2: It <laughs> just sounds like a South Park voice. <laughs>
1: it really is. But what he observed was what God gave me. An oversized hammer. <laughs> Can you please play Dirty Casey Casey sledgehammer.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pete Rose finally saw the real big red machine.
6: <laughs> Man. <All right. laughs> that was an NFL story, and we went into that. Yeah. <laughs> what an amazing yeah. segue. Yeah. Well, right. Schwartz I, we... would
4: have been on his third
1: duck by <laughs> the <that episode. laughs>
6: We've got uh, we've got a couple minutes here. Who's ready to get stunned? Yeah,
1: let's get stunned, baby.
2: It doesn't take much to surprise this bouncing baby boy. This is
4: honestly the most stunned I have ever been on the show to a
2: news. The DA Show is stunned to a news.
6: Fellas, a New Jersey homeowner chopped down 32 of his neighbor's trees Uh along a hillside Uh to get a better Mm. view of the Manhattan skyline. He could now be forced to pay more than $1.5 million in fines and replacement fees. It breaks my heart. It angers me. These trees take a very long time to grow, said Sam Shinway of Kinelon.com who said a quarter acre of his oaks, birches, and maples were slashed. His neighbor, munitions expert Grant Haber, was hit with an initial fine of $32,000, $1,000 per axed tree, after clearing part of the leafy seven-acre property in March. A town ordinance also requires anyone who illegally removes a tree in the town of Kenelan to replace it with another of like or superior species. The root of the problem is, well, they wrote that. I did not put that in there. Is that restoring the topple trees will require building a roadway to the site, watering the new ones for two years, which could cost $1.5 million. That's what the neighbor has to pay? Factoring in the price of soil, removing invasive species, wow. and
1: cleanup. Wow, well, why did this guy think he could get away with this? Is there, was this uh, on, on a the, property line? Border, and it just, borderline, on and the he property? thought it was his own
6: property because it, it prevented him from yeah. seeing the skyline.
1: But he thought he was it I was guess, his own property. I guess so, or he I just mean, thought nobody would catch him. I think I'm, it's see, that.
4: I'm, I'm pro that guy. Screw the guy who had his trees cut down. You have seven acres of land and you're blocking a view of New York City. You're a jerk. You're an absolute jerk. Tre- you don't need that many trees in your backyard.
1: It's your property, though, so why would you need to do somebody else a favor by cutting down the trees?
4: I got to assume that this guy asked multiple times, and the neighbor—we're not getting the full story here. That neighbor was being very stubborn. He probably was just letting the leaves fall everywhere. He probably wasn't raking them either. I bet you this guy's a disgrace.
3: (laughs) So you make seven assumptions with no (laughs) cause.
4: you could read between the lines on a story. You know that this guy... <laughs> You're the last the person picture. I want reading
3: between the lines. And
1: you understand the lines. It, <laughs> and you wouldn't just expect maybe a munitions expert to be a little bit out there and be like, I'm just cutting down all the trees because I need to see my skyline. Ah!
2: Yes. I'm
4: sure he's not normal. And clearly, he's probably very wealthy, too. All I'm saying is, this is it not fair that we're hearing very much one side of the story here? I want to hear both sides.
2: Well,
1: the, the judge found him guilty. He's got to pay all this cash.
4: Yeah. I guess sometimes you can get rear-ended, and it's that person's fault, but it was really your fault too.
1: Yeah,
6: this 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 (laughs) weird (laughs) tape. This munitions expert in the article, it says he's the CEO of an anti-terrorism company. This company, American Innovations, offers tools to detect. IEDs on the battlefield, improvised
1: explosive devices. So Great. I
6: would not mess with those dudes.
1: Some, I mean, certainly it's a it's a company that provides something that's important. But I mean, this guy could also be a really wound mm-hmm. up war guy that's kind of like Bill Murray and Caddyshack, who's like with the Gophers <laughs> trying to blow them up with grenades. I mean, like I'm cutting down the trees today. <laughs> I want to see that Freedom Tower. But. If your
3: neighbor comes to you like an adult and goes, "Hey, you've got 10 trees in this corner of the property that you're never in from the tops. Can I can we cut them so I can see the city?" Are you obligated to do that? You're not obligated no. to do it. Are you, you are you are
1: you the better person for doing it? Perhaps, but You would want something from that neighbor. You might be like, "Okay, but you've got to pay for cutting down the trees." Cover the cost, yeah. Or you know, I'm going to have a monthly stipend that you have to pay me, or something like that. I mean, it doesn't come for free. So maybe there is more to the story. But I'm certainly not on the side of the guy that illegally cut down somebody else's trees. Yes, Mm thirty-two of them. It wasn't like there was one tree (laughs) in his way. Yeah, that's not. Thirty-two. He cleared a whole field. (laughs) Right. How
4: many trees do you need in your backyard, though? My God.
1: Trees are good, Sean.
4: I know, but, I mean, you need 32 of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's got more than that. You want to know why Pete is out? We don't have enough trees around here to suck up all that carbon monoxide mm-hmm. that's coming in for the forest fires. Jeez. Oh, now his eyes are going to fall apart again.
6: Oh, the gook. The here Quebec we go. Gook. What does he have? Mm-hmm. The oh. consumption? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. You can listen to us on hundreds of affiliates nationwide, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio, as well as on Sirius XM channel 158. Let us listen in on the Ariel Helwani podcast as Andrew Marshan, who is a sports media reporter for the Post in the Big Apple, weighs in on what the next NBA television contract might look like.
2: I would say Turner, TNT goes to Tuesday. Thursday is Amazon, uh, possibly Apple, but Thursday, Amazon. ESPN cuts down on the amount of games they have um, in terms of regular season, but still a lot. I mean, just maybe it's just Wednesdays or just Fridays and then the Saturday ABC games. um, So less regular season games. The in-season tournament, not sure yet. Um, And they, they go three. I mean, NBC is a player. I think they're going to fight with TNT for uh, Tuesday. Is it possible they could try to do Sunday night? Oh,
1: did I hear NBC could be a player for Sunday night? Indeed, the rumor is that NBC wants to acquire the NBA for Sunday night basketball after football season. So after the NFL playoffs are over, the NFL regular season one of the two starting in January or February, Sunday night basketball on NBC, which would mean the return of John Tesh's Give me,
2: give me the basketball. Give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to dunk it.
1: which is still one of the great, if not the greatest sports theme songs that we've ever had. And when Fox uses it for the Big East tournament, it's depressing. (laughs) (laughs) Really, they brought this back and they've gone to break with it. And I'm like, this is really depressing. I I don't need to see Rutgers v. Providence go to break with us using John Tesh's round ball rock.
4: Yeah. I mean, Rutgers hasn't been in the Big East, but I, I understand where Seton Hall, Providence. and. <laughs>
1: did I say Rutgers? You did. You did. You oh, said I meant DePaul. Ru- it's it's yeah. been a while. <laughs> DePaul, Providence. We go to break. It's 36 32. Yeah. Come on. Ack on the call. Right. On. <laughs> Come on.
3: <laughs> I need Matt Gookas back on NBC. This is happening. I know, right?
4: Tom Tolbert in there.
1: But how, how interesting. Did Tolbert ever do
4: NBC? Yeah, he was in, in the studio.
1: Oh, because it was really Marv and Matty Gukas, Costas and the czar of the Telestrator. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good times.
5: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive.